I just had this word kept coming up in my heart. Unlimited. Do you want to hear about a God that's unlimited? And not only is he unlimited, but if we will hook up with him, we can be unlimited. There is nothing impossible to him that will believe God. Are there any believers in the house tonight? I know if you come out on a Sunday night when the world is watching the Grammys and all of these parties and these celebrations, but you came to church to hear a Grammy preach the word. I know that you're expecting, amen? And I know that you are expanding, hallelujah, and you want to increase, and you want to see God do bigger and greater things in your life, amen? Well, how many of you watched President George Bush's uh, funeral services? There was a few of them on, and, and there were so many things that were spoken about our former president, and you know, he lived an amazing life, but one of the gentlemen that gave... One of the eulogies, who was a real dear friend of President George Bush Sr., he talked about going up to the Bush's home in Maine. And he said um, they walked out and they were walking down looking at the ocean. And on the side of the house, on the corner of the house overlooking the ocean, was this plaque with these initials, C-A-V-U. And he looked at President Bush and he's like... What did that, what does that stand for? What does that mean? And President Bush went on to explain to him, he said, you know, I was a, a pilot in World War II. He's actually shot down and God spared his life. Hallelujah for that. Amen. And of the Lord was upon him. And he said, as a pilot, especially when they were flying in World War II, they didn't have all of the instrument rated stuff that the airplanes have now. But he said they would always tell us when it was a good day to fly, they would say, Kavu, those initials, C-A-V-U, which stands for, you might want to write this down because it's cool, Ceiling and Visibility Unlimited. Ceiling and Visibility Unlimited. And he said when they would hear those words over the radio, when they were getting ready to take off, they knew it meant there wasn't any cloud, there wasn't any fog. They were going to be able to take off and just see unlimitedly. And that came up in my heart when I heard those words spoken, that God is saying that to us. There are no limits in him. Look at your neighbor and say, Kavu. <laughs> Kavu, ceiling and visibility unlimited. There's no limits in God. There's no end to his goodness, his greatness, his power, his ability, his love, his might. You can, you can reach as high as you can see. You can reach as far as you can believe in God. There's no limits to us who believes. We know this, how many of you agree, that God is a limitless God. But we are the ones that limit him. We can limit him in our believing. We can limit him in our thinking, in our speaking. But I'm here tonight to encourage all of us to take the limits off of God. 
and to expand and to increase our vision. Amen. There's so much more that he can and he will do in our lives if we will just believe him. God doesn't like it when we set boundaries and limitations on him in our thinking and in our actions. Just think about the children of Israel and how that the Bible talks about it. As a matter of fact, it says over in Psalm 78, verse 40 and 41 in the New King James, it says, How oft they provoked him in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert. Yes, Again and again. If you study it out, it was actually ten times that they did not believe God. They tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. That's not an outstanding testimony. How would you like to be have that testimony? Al, that's us. We're the ones. We limited God. We tempted Him to kill us in the desert because we were such a disobedient bunch. We grieved him. We provoked him. We did all these horrible things over and over. We would not listen to him. We would not believe him. The Bible tells us in the next verse here how they limited God. In verse 42, they did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from the enemy. When he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zone. Think about it. They were, they were slaves and God delivered them out of bondage. And they'd only gone a few days and there they were at the Red Sea and they turn around and there's Pharaoh and his army after them. But what happened? God wrought a miracle. The Red Sea parted. They went through on dry ground and then the water came back on Pharaoh's army and drowned them. Some people will say, well, you know, it was the time of year when the water was only ankle deep. Well, that's a greater miracle that Pharaoh and his mighty army drowned in ankle deep water. So any way that you look at it, God did a miracle that day. But they went like three days journey after that fabulous, outstanding deliverance. And they got thirsty and they started murmuring. We're out here in the middle of the desert. You brought us out here and now we're going to die of thirst. I mean, they forgot so quickly God's delivering power. And before we stone them, how many times have we forgotten God's delivering power? Has God been good to anybody in here? Has God delivered you out of anything? Has God ever healed your body? Has God ever brought you through a rough situation? Has God ever given you a financial breakthrough? Let's not forget the goodness of God. These children of Israel, God had destroyed and defeated their enemy. God gave them manna from heaven, water from a rock. But he for, they forgot how much that he loved them. If you want to get an in-debt account of what the children of Israel, when they got up to the edge of the promised land, their attitude was. You can read Numbers 13 and 14. Some of it's very discouraging against them, but some of it is good. Well, let's just look at this out of the New Living Translation in verse 27. This is where they've come right up to the edge of the promised land. And what did God say? 
Duh, it's a promised land. It's promised to you. It's a land that I have given to you. That's why you've been on this journey. That's why I took you out of Egypt. I didn't just take you out of bondage. I brought you out to bring you in. So here they are. Miracle after miracle. Now they're standing on the edge of the promised land. And as they're there, Moses, he says, okay, we're going to have you spy out the land. So he picks 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel to send them in to look at the land. Verse 27 here in, in Numbers 13. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land that you sent us to explore. And it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here's the kind of fruit that it produces. Man, it's awesome. They said, oh, it's beautiful. Milk and honey. And the the fruit is amazing there. If you'll study this out, you'll see that they brought back one cluster of grapes was so big that they had to put it on a pole and two men carry it. So they had all this bounty that they brought back from the land. They laid it out there and they had the children of Israel, I'm sure, walk by and see, whoa, have you ever seen such amazing grapes? And you know, today, those kind of grapes are still growing in that land. God had blessed that land for them. But what happened in verse 28? So here we got the 12 spies. We're going to see what two of them said, but 10 of them said, but, everybody say, but, but "But the people living there, they're powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there and the descendants of Anak. Oh no, not Anak, not him, not the big people, not the giant people. They're living there too. Ah, you could just almost hear their knees begin to knock. So what, what are they saying? Oh yeah, the land was awesome. That's what they said. But then there was a big butt in the way. Did you know that there's two sides of the butt? You don't want to be on the wrong side of the butt. You don't, the one side of the butt is doubt and unbelief. These 10 spies were on the wrong side of the butt. They're describing how awesome the land is. How wonderful it is. Yeah, it's just like God said. There's milk and honey. There's amazing fruit there. It's beautiful. But wrong side of the butt. They got on the doubt and the unbelief. And they went on and they said, the people, they're powerful there. The cities are fortified. There's giants there. The descendants of Anak are there. Ah, but we can't go in there. But the other side of the butt is where you want to live. <laughs> Numbers 1330. Just seeing if any of you are awake. You're awake. Numbers 1330. Say but again. But... This is the right side of the butt. But Caleb, he tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let us go up at once to take the land. We certainly can conquer it. Many translations say we 
are well able. We're well able because God has given it to us. Caleb and Joshua, they saw the same thing that the other ten spies saw, but they chose to believe God. They had a completely different report. You know, two people can look at the same situation and they can say, yeah, I know that the Bible says that he meets all of our needs. I know that he said he wanted to bless us, but what's that wrong side of the butt? Too many bills, too much. I got laid off of work. But another person can be facing the same kind of financial pressure. And they can look at those bills. And they can say, yeah, I got bills. Yes, this is due. And that is due. But the word of the Lord says, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But... The word says, give and it shall be given unto you. I'm a tither, but the word says, the windows of heaven are open unto the tither. Hallelujah. That's saying the right thing. That's living where you need to be living. Hallelujah. Joshua and Caleb said, but nevertheless, God said. They believed what God said was true. They believed that they could possess the land. They had kavu. They had ceiling and vision. Unlimited. Hallelujah. They were ready to go in that day and possess the land. And that's what God intended for them to do. If they had gone right then and possessed their possessions. Just think about it. You know, the people may have surrendered right on the spot. There's more verses down. You'll see, man, they, the other 10, they got so worked up. Oh, man, there's giants. And we look like grasshoppers compared to them. And so we are in their sight. That's not true. The people in the land weren't viewing them as grasshoppers. We can find that in Scripture that they had heard about the goodness and the greatness of God. They had heard how Pharaoh's army drowned in in the Red Sea. They'd heard the report and they were probably the ones that were trembling. They weren't seeing the children of Israel as grasshoppers. That was a lie from the devil. Someone said, you know what? They should have gone in. Of course they should have gone in that day. But instead, what did they do? They gave their enemy 40 years to get prepared to stand against them. Don't give your enemy 40 years. Stand up and declare the word. Stand up and possess what's yours today. The promises are true. The promises are yes. And they are. Amen. So why was God so displeased with them? Because they limited him when he is unlimited. And he had proved his love to them over and over. Listen to these definitions of limitations. Boundaries. Restrictions. Restraints. That's exactly what happens when we limit God. 
we're putting up these barriers, these boundaries and say, oh, God, I know you can do this, but oh, over there. No, that that's too big. I know you can meet this need, but ooh, that bill's huge. I know you can heal me of this cold, but mm, cancer, no, that's outside the limits. We're the ones that put up these boundaries. But let's just think about it right now. Let's remember what God has already done for us. Has God done something for you? He's delivered you. He's redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. We can rejoice what he has brought us out of, but think about what he's brought us into. He's brought you into a land that flows with milk and honey, a land of provision. Canaan's land, you know, some, some people taught it, and I thought, thought this growing up, that Canaan's land was a type of heaven, but it's not really. Canaan's land is a type of where the believer is supposed to live today, living in a land that is flowing with milk and honey, living in a land of abundant provision. I'm thankful for what the Lord has brought us out of, but let's rejoice over what he's bringing us into. Hallelujah. He translated us out of the kingdom of darkness. Praise the Lord. But it doesn't stop there. We've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the land of abundance, into the land of milk and honey, into a land of supernatural provision. Hallelujah. How many like to have a little more health, a little more wealth, a little more joy, a little more peace in your life? That's what he intended for us. We're in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is in us. Think about this. Before Jesus left this earth, he prayed for you. Do you know that? He's still praying for us. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. But he prayed for us, his followers and his disciples over in John chapter 17. In verse 14 and 16 out of the New King James, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. You ought to read this entire chapter. It's beautiful how he is praying for us. Verse 14 in the message says this. They, his followers, are no more defined by the world than I am defined by the world. Defined means marked by its boundaries. Not fenced in. The world system is not designed for us to excel. Did you know that? The world symptom will attempt to put boundaries and limitations on every single person. We can't afford to live by what they say. By what the naysayers say. By people that will say this kind of stuff. You'll never... You aren't smart enough. You aren't educated enough. You aren't good looking enough. That's not good English, but you get the point. You don't have this. You don't have enough. You don't have that. You wouldn't. You couldn't. You shouldn't. Don't even try. You can't. 
Don't, don't buy into those lies. Success comes in cans. Hallelujah. And you know where I'm going with that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, out of the Amplified. Everybody say this with me. Success. Okay, everybody say this with me. One, two, three. Success comes in cans. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now listen to that in the Amplified. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything in my own ability. No, in my own education. No, how through him who infuses me with inner strength into me. I am so sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Isn't that good news? I am infused with inner strength. You find yourself feeling weak. Get in the presence of God and say, I need an infusion. If people get their blood level gets really low and they have issues going on with their blood, oftentimes they need a transfusion to build up their blood. Well, as believers, when we've been in facing something, we've been going through, just going through life every single day. There's things that try to drain strength out of us. And we need to get in the presence of God and be infused, infused with him, with inner strength. As a matter of fact, lift your hands right now. Lord Jesus. I thank you through the power of the Holy Ghost. Right now, in your presence, for infusing us with your strength, your power, and your ability. Stop saying, oh no, I can't. I can't do that. Mm that's too big it's too difficult and start saying I am equal to anything and everything that comes my way for the ability of almighty God lives and resides on the inside of me hallelujah amen you agree with that he strengthens and he empowers us. He has given us a heavenly helper that will cause us to be ready and equal to anything that comes. And this heavenly helper is called the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Isn't that one of his names? He's our strengthener. He's our standby. Oh, he's there. He never will leave us nor forsake us. And when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we're building ourselves up on our most holy faith. We're rising higher and higher 
in God. We're seeing bigger. We're reaching farther. Hallelujah. When we let our spirit man expand and we let our spirit man rise up through the power of the Holy Ghost. Any candidates in here for that? Amen. So he's got ways and he's got means of helping us expand and reach our full potential in him. We're not limited by this world's system. We're not limited by the economy, praise the Lord. We're not limited by what the politicians say. Oh, glory to God. We're going to pray for them, but we don't have to align our lives up with, oh, the economy's this, the economy's that. They, whoever they are, are saying this and saying that. I'm more interested in what he has to say than talking heads on the television. Amen? We're not limited. We have help from heaven. And one of the other things that we have that helps us reach further is we have the favor of God. The fog, the favor of God present in our lives every single day. How many of you like Psalms 512? For you, oh Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Glory to God. We got heaven's help. We got favor. We got supernatural intervention. We have someone who's causing divine appointments and glorious connections to come our way. Hallelujah. He's ordering and he's directing our steps. If we will take the limits off and we will believe him. Hallelujah. Now, I like this scripture as well. Psalms 115, verse 12 through 14 in the Amplify. Listen to this. The Lord has been mindful for us. I think you ought to say hallelujah right there. Well, some of you are glad. The Lord has been mindful, mindful of us. I'm on his mind. He's thinking about me. He's got good plans in store for me. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron, the priesthood. He will bless the house of Thomas. He will bless the house of Hernandez. He will bless the house of Amrel. He will bless the house of Richardson's. He will bless the house of Mar- Mar- I can't say those guys in the back row back there. Mayorga. <laughs> He will bless the house of Mills. He will bless the house of Nicolopolis. Hallelujah. Put your name in there and say, he's blessing my house. He will bless those who reverently and worshipfully fear the Lord, both small and great. Is that you? Do you worship the Lord? Do you honor the Lord? Then you ought to declare it. My house is blessed. Glory to God and not just your house. Look at this one. Verse 14. You got grown children. They can even get on this. May the Lord give you increase more and more. You and your children. Hallelujah. 
That's something to be happy about. The blessing of the Lord extends from generation to generation to generation. Hallelujah. To generation. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He desires to bless us. He wants to increase us more and more and more. Us and our children. God's got a big vision. And He's not willing that any should perish. He wants heaven to be completely full. Hallelujah. He wants us to hook up with his heart and believe in the increase flow. Anybody want to live in the increase flow? <laughs> Listen to what increase means. Enlarge, expand, extend, multiply, and amplify. I like that word Amplify. The favor of God brings increase and unexpected blessings into our life. Gives us those glorious connections. Favor ain't fair. And this increase on our lives causes us to be amplified before people. Amplify. What does that do? That turns up the volume and people hear you. People see you. Take notice of you. I heard a story not too long ago and it's about you can't keep a good man down. There was this good Christian man and he was working at this company for many years. He had an ungodly supervisor who did not like him, didn't like what he stood for. And every time that this promotion would come up, this ungodly supervisor would pass him over and give it to someone else when it should have been his. And he was tempted to quit, just Tempted to leave that company. But every time he'd get in that position, in his heart he'd hear, hold steady. So he'd just hold steady. Well, the day came that he was asked to work on this special project, which the boss, the owner of the company, was supervising and overseeing. So he did his best. He worked hard. And the owner of the company noticed how well he did. He commented to him. And he got notice by the owner. Well, in a process of time, a management position came up and the owner passed by the ungodly supervisor and he gave the Christian man this management position, which put him over the ungodly supervisor. He amplified that man. He magnified that man. He increased that man. He gave him favor. Everybody say favor ain't fair. But I got it. I got the favor of the Lord upon my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God will open doors for you. God will do exceedingly, abundantly above if we will believe him. And what are we going to do? We're going to take the limits off. And the first place where we have to start in taking the limits off is in our thinking. We can get such narrow thinking that you can't even get dental floss in your mind. It's so closed, so tight thinking. But God wants us to expand our thinking and see him for who he really is. It's not just about money. It's first of all, 
about souls. It's about reaching more people. Do you think that God wants to fill this building up over and over on Sundays? You know he does. He's a big God and there's a big harvest out there. So we have to get out of our thinking. Well, you know, this section might be full. That section might be full. No, let's just expand and say our God is a God of the increase. He's unlimited and I'm going to take the limits off of him in my thinking. Amen. Enlargement, increase and removing limitations. It begins with us renewing our minds to God's way of thinking. Y'all familiar with this scripture over in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 through 9 it says, For my thoughts, they're not your thoughts, nor your ways, my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes we think, well, that's telling us right there. We can never think like God. Well, that's not what it's saying. Of course, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And and we're not going to think exactly like God. But he has given us an avenue where we can tap in to what he's thinking. It's just called his word. Verse 11. So shall my word be. That goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I said. There's power and there's ability in the word to produce results. Creative power in his word. So start by just speaking What God's word says over your situation. Instead of saying exactly what you see in front of you. Oh, we don't have enough. Oh, I got this pain in my body. Oh, the kids are rebelling. Oh, this is happening and that's happened. How about we just switch over and start speaking what the word of God has to say. Faith-filled words will break Barriers and obstacles, and they will remove those limitations. Faith-filled words can cause us to come up higher in our thoughts, in our way of living and acting. Hallelujah. Are you ready to remove some limitations? How about some enlargement, some stretching, some lengthening, some strengthening? Well, I know you are. So let's look at one more scripture in Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3 out of the Amplified. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Hallelujah. That's what we are doing here at HBCC. We have our stake in the ground, but we're not just, we're not going to say this is all that we're ever going to see. We don't believe that. We're stretching. We're reaching. We're expanding. There's places to go in God. There's more people to reach. There's more to be done. How many of you will go with us? That's happening in our local church. 
but it's the same in our individual lives. If you don't have a vision for the future, you will perish without a vision. The people perish, get stirred up about something. Get passionate in your heart about something. And the best place to start is Jesus. Can you be passionate about him? Can you be excited about what he's done for you and what he's done for you? He wants to do for others. It's easy just to get in the drum, the doll drums or whatever they call it. Just get in this rut and get in this routine. I got to get up and go to work. You know, the same old, same old. There's not any same old, same old in God. Every single day, there's opportunity opportunities coming across our path every single day there's someone that he wants you to share the goodness of God with and there's nothing that will stir up the passion in your heart like telling somebody about Jesus hallelujah sharing your testimony letting somebody know God's got a plan he's got a purpose for their lives hallelujah let's start reaching out Let's do exactly what this says. Enlarge the place of your tent. Hallelujah. Strengthen your stakes. And then the next verse says this. For you shall spread abroad to the right hand and to the left. And your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited how many of you have children how many of you have grandchildren our offspring are to be blessed they're to rule and they're to reign in life and it says they shall possess nations glory to God and desolate cities shall be inhabited there's been so many wrong words that have been spoken over California and spoken over the Bay Area oh it's so hard there it's so dead there it's so dry spiritually there it's a desolate place to preach no I'm not going to say that I'm saying this hallelujah We're going to possess the nations. And God is making the desolate cities inhabited. Inhabited with what? Inhabited with who? Inhabited with people that will love him. There are more are they that are with us. Hallelujah. More are they that are coming into the camp of the Lord in the Bay Area. That's what changes the atmosphere. That's what changes an area. Hallelujah. When people get born again, when they come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, that's what we're going to see here in the Bay Area. That's what we're speaking over our state. That's what we're speaking over our nation. Hallelujah. We're going to magnify God and we're going to take the limits off. We're not saying it's a dry, dead place spiritually. We're saying the rain, the rain.
rain. We've had a lot of rain in the natural, but we're having some spiritual rain. Hallelujah. The rain is beginning to fall and it's not going to be dry here anymore. Hallelujah. God is on the move, on the move, on the move. Hallelujah. We see it with the eyes of our spirit. We see it and we seize it. Glory to God. And we're going to expand, expand in our hearts, expand in our thinking and expand in in our confession, in our words, and in our prayers. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me. Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you. We magnify your holy name. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let God arise. Let God be magnified. Oh, we will not. We will not listen to the lies of man. No, no, no. We're not going to magnify the naysayers. We're not going to magnify those that say it can't happen. We're going to magnify the Lord. We're going to take the limits off. (laughs) Let God be true and every man a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. You find it in the word of God. You can't have it. You can possess it. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. Oh, our future is bright. Our future is bright. Hallelujah. An awakening is happening in the name of Jesus. Revival. Revival. Lord, will you not revive your people? Revive your people. We will believe you, Lord. We believe the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We sabbatical. We stretch. We stretch our faith. Hallelujah. Get the marshal break up. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now I want everybody to come down to the front. We won't keep you here much later, but I want you to come down to the front. We're going to do something together.